Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson. It's officially that time of year. The playoff push, the fantasy playoffs are right around the corner, and we're here to help get you ready. Hi, everyone. I'm James Swanson. This is Pad the Stats the podcast that brings you everything fantasy football. So it's week 10. You're sitting at 5-4 and four or 4-5, and five, and you need to pull out all the stops. On today's podcast, we're going to tell you how to do exactly that. We're going to tell you about a handful of rising players. I have three or four for you rising players that you should be thinking about trading for before the trade deadline that can kind of help you maybe take you over the top. And these are some guys who are, like I said, on the rise. Maybe they haven't put together a complete season yet, but based on their rest-of-season schedule, based on their the way they're trending, based on some historical data, these guys, I think, are going to um, be real players in the last five, six, seven weeks of the fantasy season, and I think they're guys that you can get you know, fairly on the cheap. You don't really have to break the bank for, so I'm going to tell you who, who those guys are. And uh, you know, for those teams that are in the driver's seat, Maybe you're six and three or better. We are going to do a show here shortly where we take a look at the playoff schedules, weeks 14 through 16. Maybe give you some guys, some players who have very favorable playoff schedules down the stretch. So, but today's show, we're going to focus our attention towards you players that are in the middle of the pack. You're in a 12 team league. You're currently in sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh place. You're hanging on. You're trying to win, you know, maybe two more games to get you into the playoffs. We're going to try to help get you there, and we're going to start with our rising trade candidates, and let's start right there. Um, I should say this first. Much like this last episode, we've been doing shorter episodes lately, and I've liked doing these because I think that a lot of a lot of fantasy football podcasts do our podcasts or 45-minute podcasts, and, and we're not throwing those out the window. We will get back to those eventually, but I think these shorter podcasts are a good way to keep people engaged if you're on your commute to work in the morning or after work, um, this is just a, a nice little alternate to the way most fantasy football podcasts operate. So let's get right into this thing. Like I said, I have a handful of rising players who I think are good trade candidates, and we're going to start at the quarterback position. And my quarterback that I'm keeping an eye on, Ben Roethlisberger, he's been a historically good second-half quarterback. He comes on late in the year, and this offense in general is really starting to click. If you haven't been following the Steelers, they are on a four-game winning streak right now. They're really coming together. They're starting to gel as an offensive unit. The way the running game has been going, the way the offensive line has been playing, this this just benefits Ben Roethlisberger more and more each week the more that they continue to gel. So he's currently QB9 in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. So he's had a good year to this point already. But we've seen Ben finish as a top-five, a top-six quarterback in the past, and I think that he can get there again this year. I think he could very well finish inside the top-six among quarterbacks this season when it's all said and done. Five of his final seven matchups are against teams that rank in the bottom 12 versus quarterback, so that's a very good start. Really, next week, week 11 at Jacksonville, is the only difficult matchup on the remaining schedule. I know they have to go to Denver in week 12. I don't think that's a very difficult matchup. If you would have asked me in 2015, that would be a very difficult matchup. But we've seen, if you remember correctly, the year the Broncos went to the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure that they did not allow a 300-yard passer that season. 
besides Ben Roethlisberger, and Ben Roethlisberger did it to that defense twice. You remember the no-fly zone, right? They didn't allow 300-yard passers. Well, Ben did it twice, and if you remember that game at Heinz Field that year, I think Antonio Brown had like 16 or 17 catches. They went absolutely nuts. So we've seen this team, we've seen Ben Roethlisberger beat the Broncos secondary in the past. That's why I say even at mile high, that isn't a super difficult matchup against a team that is really starting to to kind of fall apart too. Um, And then the playoff schedule is beautiful for the Steelers and for Ben Roethlisberger at Oakland, New England at home, and at New Orleans. So those are three of the bottom eight teams in terms of fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. And since throwing three interceptions in week one at Cleveland, Ben Roethlisberger has only thrown four interceptions in the last seven games. Now, here's the, the other side of it. We've seen Ben Roethlisberger in the past few years have those games where he throws five or six touchdowns. He hasn't had a game yet where he's thrown more than three passing touchdowns in a game. He's done that three times. I think he's due for a big game. And a bold statement, Ben Roethlisberger, I believe, down the stretch, he's going to have two games where he throws four or more touchdowns. Um, I'm calling that right now. I think he's going to have two really big breakout games. And um, I just think that this is a really, really nice situation uh, for the Steelers down the stretch and for Ben Roethlisberger. So if you can't go out and get Ben, I think he's going to be a very nice option um, when you're, you know, as you're making your playoff push. And then we're going to shift to the running back position and a guy who is a very valuable asset or has been a val- valuable asset in PPR leagues in years past. And we're going to stick in the AFC North. And my pick here is Duke Johnson. He finished as a top 12 running back last year in PPR. He totaled 73 receptions, 693 yards on 93 targets last year. This year, if you look at the numbers, just, you know, face value, you're not going to be very impressed. He's on pace for just 52 receptions and 500 yards on 68 targets. He's also on pace for 41 carries. He had 82 last year. So that's half of what he had last year. This is a guy that notoriously stays healthy, uh, which is good for him. And... You know, I just think now that Freddie Kitchens, the running back coach, has been promoted to offensive coordinator since they fired um, Todd Haley. I think that they're going to keep keep this trend going of what they did last week. Nine targets, nine receptions for Duke Johnson, two touchdowns. Don't necessarily look at the touchdowns. I know it was a blow-up day. You're not going to get that all the time. His career high receiving touchdowns in a season is just three. Now he has two so far this year, those two last week. But it's the targets, it's the receptions that are extremely encouraging, and I think those targets are going to stay. Now I'm not going to say he's going to get nine every week, but I think you're looking at a pretty solid RB2 in PPR leagues, much like he was last year. And I think you're going to be happy with Duke Johnson moving forward. Um, Four of their remaining six games, the Browns, that is, on the schedule, are in the bottom nine defending running backs, and it starts this week with Atlanta, who is atrocious against running backs. Um, they do have the bye in Week 11. So if you are that team that's 4-5 and five or 5-4, five and four, maybe Duke Johnson isn't a guy that you really want to go get. But but I think if you, if you believe that you can weather the storm, if you think that you can hang in there, Duke Johnson is going to be a player that contributes to your fantasy team and contributes immediately. So Duke Johnson, another guy that you don't have to break the bank for in a PPR league that I would want to go out and get. Now, in a non-PPR league, still not somebody that I want to go and target. He did have just, again, one carry last week. He's not on pace for a lot of carries, as I mentioned, just to, you know maybe two or three a game. Um, 
So from that perspective, half-point PPR, non-PPR, I'm not that excited about him. But if you're in a PPR league, definitely somebody that I would have my eye on. And then third, Deion Lewis, sticking with the theme of pass-catching running backs. But this is a little different scenario. Deion Lewis, we've seen the usage has been massive lately. And it comes down to the usage over his backfield mate, Derrick Henry. That's what this ultimately comes down to. How do the Titans use Deion Lewis? How often did they use him? How often did they get the ball in his hands? He's averaged 21 touches over the last two games. He's played 104 snaps to Derrick Henry's 38 over that same span. So it's been it's been a marginal difference uh, in the last couple weeks in terms of Derrick or excuse me in terms of Deion Lewis's usage in comparison to Henry in weeks seven through nine. Keep in mind that the Titans had a bye in week eight. He's been the RB 14 in PPR leagues. And like I said, that's with a buy. So that 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 goes to tell you what how explosive, um, how efficient he has been with those touches over the past couple games. And I, I think that could have a real chance at continuing because I don't see this Titans team as a team that makes the playoffs this year. I think they're going to be behind in be behind in some games starting this week at home with New England. I think they're going to be behind in that game. They're going to need to throw the ball, and Dion Luce is going to be continue to be on the field a lot. I did mention he's been efficient with his targets. He's only failed to secure four of 37 targets this year. And over the last two years, this is remarkable with Deion Lewis. He's he's caught 65 of 72 targets. He has caught 90% of his targets the last two years, Deion Lewis, that is. And the schedule, they're already past the bye, which is good. So if you're one of those teams, as I mentioned, that's, you know, 4-5, five, 5-4, five you're fighting for your life, that is a good scenario to be in. He only faces two top 12 rush defenses in the next seven games. And it doesn't necessarily just boil down to that because I mentioned that his usage, though, you know, if he's going to get 19, 20 touches a game, he can be effective even against teams that, that are stingy, right? Because of their his usage in the passing game and on the ground, he's a little bit different than Duke Johnson, as I mentioned, in just the fact that they're going to give him the ball in multiple ways. So, Duke, or I'm sorry, Deion Lewis is another guy who I have my eye on, somebody that I would love to trade for right now. And then finally, this fits a little bit out of the mold, so I'm going to go a little bit off the block here. Um, Rob Gronkowski is another guy that I would love to trade for right now. I know he's had some back issues. I think if he can get healthy, look, he's had more than four catches just once since week one. Weeks 13 through 16, the, the the schedule favors him. Vikings at home, at the Dolphins, at the Steelers and Bills. Steelers and Bills, he is notoriously tore up. I know he didn't at Buffalo on that Monday night game. But Gronk is going to break out here eventually, and I want him on my team when he has that two or three or four game stretch where he is just a monster. And at this point in the season... That's all you're really looking for. You're looking for that three-week stretch of just being an absolute monster to put you in a position to be in the playoffs, to make a little bit of a run in the playoffs. And Gronk's going to eventually do that. He's too dominant of a player as long as he is on the field. He's going to give you that opportunity every single time, regardless of what he's done so far this season. So um, Gronk is my fourth guy that I have my eye on that I would love, love, love to have on my team in a very, you know, a barren looking tight end landscape this entire season. Okay, so that's, again, another short podcast. That's really all I have. Um, I think we did a 12 or 13 minute one yesterday. We're right around that mark again today. So again, I will, I want to get back to previewing some of the games the weekend. We'll do that. We'll talk about playoff schedules, as I mentioned. 
So, until then, uh, enjoy this awesome Thursday night game tomorrow night. Carolina at Pittsburgh. I'm going to be there. I live in the Pittsburgh area. Really excited to be going to this game. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup and maybe the best Thursday night game of the year. So, enjoy the game tomorrow night, everybody. For Pad the Stats, uh, and I'm your host, James Swanson. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.